and welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a Revolutionary Girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my fill-in co-host for the night, Abby. How you doing, Abby? Doing well, thank you, Panda. Today, Alice had a previous engagement and could not make it to the recording, but Abby has stepped in, and we're here to talk about volume four of the manga. We're finally back to reading the manga. Sorry, uh, there I had to stop a cat doing something. Uh, we're finally reading volume four of the manga, and here to help us do that is our new friend, Sim. How you doing, Sim? Hi. Yeah, I'm, I'm here because uh, I read the manga before I saw the show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were going to talk about that. I was going to ask you about like your history with the series. Uh, cool, yeah. Um, I didn't really have a weeaboo phase. Uh, I was like my friend's non-weeb friend. Uh, and so I didn't really get into manga and anime until college. Uh, so freshman year, I, I found Itena, and because it's a lot easier to read through a manga in like an afternoon than binge watch a series where you're watching with subtitles, I had the manga first. And I, I fell in love with it, and it was really important to me at the time. And I can't seem to sort of have, hate the manga as I feel sometimes people do. They sort of dismiss it, and it's I can't do that because it's it was the right place, right time kind of thing for me. Yeah, that actually I was gonna say something about that when uh when we got into talking about it, but I'll just say it here. In previous episodes, we've been a little harsh on the manga because there are a lot of things in it that uh we don't necessarily like, but. As time has, I took a vacation from having to read it, and I had a really good conversation with uh, the episode that that's in is not out yet because it hasn't been edited yet. But uh, the mods of the Utena fan site, Empty Movement, we had a really good conversation about like the manga and Chiho Saito. And I feel like after that, and then coming back to the manga, I found like a new appreciation for it. And especially like this volume, a bunch happens. <laughs> And it's pretty wild. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really wild. But it is. Uh, so having read the manga first, how do you feel about the the anime? And ha like, have you seen the movie? I've seen the movies. I have the anime. Um, okay. I've watched it. I, I really do love the anime. It is spectacular. And I'm willing to admit that the anime is better than the manga. Um but the manga does a couple things that I think are are nice that the anime doesn't do, um, mm -hmm. or it expands on a couple ideas, uh, and you see them more in the last couple volumes than the f the first three, I would say. Um, and do you have like an example? Uh, the coffins, the way they do the coffins in yes. the manga is different than yes. they do in the anime, and I kind of like. You'll see it more in volume five as well. What they do with the coffins, um, and so I. I like their sort of expanded thing with mm -hmm. that um, is the main one. And uh, I, I do kind of like how the first volume is sort of this weird uh, setup where you meet like her aunt and stuff in her life of Floratory instead of just like dropping her in. Yeah, and we I, uh, we complained that. a lot about that when we read that volume. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, but... The, the anime has Wakaba more, so that's the most important thing. That <laughs> is very true. Super important. And the anime mm -hmm. has Naname. I was n I'm not a big fan of her. Aw, that's oh, okay. I, Heartbreak. It's okay, though, that's fair. I've warmed up to her, because she is like a 12-year-old girl in a terrible, weird, surrealist thing. I just think um, she's very funny. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of that, that, uh, what's it trope archetype uh, character archetype. yeah and i guess i am generally so i can see why if you don't like that in general like naname wouldn't really appeal to you yeah it's it's just not for me not for me who but, is your um, favorite character it's wakaba it's wakaba amazing Very choice. Good choice i i love i i still haven't gone to watch the musical which i know oh i need to watch so the musical good. too the new musical isn't actually out yet yeah yeah i have the the older one that I still need to watch. Mm-hmm. I still need to watch that one too, actually. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> we watched yeah. that for the show. Me and Alice Sweet. did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wakaba is is my favorite, and I probably identify way too hard with her, and so she um, protect her like she's the most precious thing. Like I just I get really emotional about her. Like she me, deserves all the love. Me too. She's she's my favorite, mm-hmm. and I adore her. It's a good um, favorite. But in the in the manga, it's definitely Anthe. Um, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, we're gonna I get into Sacho's doing Anthe in this. Yeah, we're gonna get into a lot with Anthe this volume. I'm getting yeah. sad just Heartbreak. thinking about it. I know. <laughs> it's, I, it's I, just, heavy. I just reread this chapter twice. I reread. I read the manga for the first time right after we finished the series, and yeah, I had a similar reaction to like y'all have had reading it, being like, I don't really like this. But reading, coming back and rereading it again, I'm like, this is so good. There's so many, like the coffins thing, I picked that out too. Like, there's so many awesome things that Saito does. And I just cry about yeah. Anthea a lot. And I love Saito's art. And I've read yes. a couple of her other manga. Um, oh, yeah. Which ones? I have, the, what is it? The World Exists for Me? I, I ha- I've read yeah. um, Magnolia Waltz, I think it was. The one mm-hmm. that's like set during the Raj. Ooh. And so it's like this Indian spy who's against the British and this Japanese dressmaker and like a Japanese like Navy man, I think. And it's a, it's a love triangle. It's very Saito and you can see your kind of obsession, I guess, with India coming through, but it was, it's, it's shoujo and it's lovely and pretty and I like her art and it's been years since I read it though. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, I I mean, I'm with you in the sense of, I mean, I did have a huge weeb phase, but I got into manga first. So I've I've led so much shoujo manga, like, I can't even, yeah. I don't even know how much it is. So there's so much, so many tropes and everything she's playing with. And the, but the art is like one of the most gorgeous I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, she's, she's one of my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Her and uh, what's her name? Who does a bride story? Uh, I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. I don't <laughs> know. different. Name different thing entirely i'm not um, familiar with yeah. that one it's very that pretty i haven't is, i don't think i've read it but it's uh, gorgeous karumori that's it um mm. she doesn't use a lot of like the screen tones she does a lot of hand yeah. inking and it's ridiculous i would look her up mm-hmm. um it's like a historical manga set in like the steppes of mongolia oh i read like the first volume i think that rings a bell yeah yeah that sounds cool um it's mm-hmm. oh it's 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 really interesting um it's about like a, an arranged marriage between like villages mm-hmm. or tribes or and it's it's like sort of told from the point of view of like this guy who is um traveling there and just writing things but it does focus on the bride and everything and it's it's really interesting i would i would look it up <laughs> yeah definitely so do we want to just do we want to just dive right in <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Take the plunge. All right. I have my notes here, and I'm going to run through the events that happened in this volume, because there's a lot of them. Whew. Yeah. Uh, 
it starts off with Akio uh, exclaiming that Utena will be his. And he's basically very, he's very classic taking over the world villain in this volume in a lot of places that it's just, mm-hmm. it's very funny. And it's a very interesting characterization of Akio because it feels so much more forward than his anime counterpart. Yeah, yeah, he does straight up say he's Lucifer, which I don't remember if that happens in the anime. Uh, I think they have <laughs> the conversation about the, the stars. They, they, they have, have the, the conversation with the name about the name, but he's not just straight up like, yeah, I'm like, Lucifer. oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um, this is when we find out uh, Anthe is helping a- a- Akio, and she's gonna like do whatever he asked her to do. Which I mean, because that's uh, that's how it goes. I'm not gonna get sad about Anthe yet. Uh, Utena overslept, and so Akio gives her a ride to class, except they're not going to class. They go to a bridge, and (laughs) Akio is so corny here. He gives this whole speech about Otori Academy being like a beautiful prison. Oh my god, yeah. He says like a cage fit for a king. And he does this whole like, we're not so different, you and I, uh, Mm -hmm. conversation with Utena. But he's he's such a creep. Um, after no, so after Utena gets home, uh, Anthony straight up asks Utena if she's in love with Akio, and uh, I think that that is also interesting because that it feels sooner than that sort of moment happened in the anime. But like everything happens much more quickly in uh, in the manga. Yeah, because it's it's like. More direct. Four point five volumes because the fifth volume has like two short stories that Saito, Saito did. So it's we're getting to the yeah. climax. Yeah, pretty stuff. We're we're budding. The the flower is budding. Anthony seems to be worried about Utena's feelings for Akio, um, probably because she knows what's going to happen. Uh, even though, even yeah. though she is <laughs> contributing to it happening. And oh, it's this is an Anthe line. I have this written down. Anthe, oh, yeah. Akio, I'll do anything you ask of me. Let me prove to you how strong a love can be. And I just want to like die right now. I hate it. It makes me so uh, upset. Yeah, I hate this. Utena is worried that Anthe hasn't come home. And uh, I really like that Utena is wearing a choo choo shirt in this uh, in this I, page. It's- I'm glad you noted that because I love it. Yeah, I, I want one too. Um, Utena ends up going looking for Anthe and she finds Akio alone in his observatory. And that's when they have the conversation about uh, Akio's name coming from the morning star and talking about how he's the devil. Ooh. And uh, he's just being a big major freaking like, creep. So- and then he kisses Utena. Yeah. Ed- edgelord. Yeah, he's here. being super edgelord. And then he kisses Utena. And he does it in a way that is very much making sure that Anthe sees what's happening because he's being a huge freaking asshole. And yeah, what else? Yeah, what else is new? Um, We have the scene where (laughs) Anthe is crying over Utena while she's sleeping, and I also was crying while I read this because it's very sad. And that is it's so pretty, but it's so sad. one of my favorite panels, yeah, it's that's like one of those panels that stuck with me. Like when I read it the first time, is ah oh, so so beautiful but so sad. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, no, no. That that's what this is for. Utena's like 
she's all out of sorts after what happened with Akio and uh, Toga finds out that Utena and Akio uh, quote went for a drive and there's a panel you see uh, Toga's face and like it's just this clear expression of I know exactly what taking a ride with Akio Otori means yeah yeah even though that hasn't happened in this chronology yet, like he has like that face that's like, holy shit. And it, that just made me laugh really hard. Toga has some good expressions in this. Yeah, I, the, like we talk about it constantly, <laughs> but the art in this is just so good and so evocative. And like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just incredible. <laughs> There's also in this sequence a scene where uh, like, all the other girls are talking about what kind of guy they'd want to date, specifically like the age. And then Utena says something about wanting to date a much older guy, which again, gag me. Uh, yeah. I, there, but there was this line that I really liked where the girls are like, oh, Utena, don't you start talking like any other girl. I know what that's code for. Stop acting like a heterosexual. <laughs> Basically. You're not fooling Utena's- anybody, Utena. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Utena's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally straight. <laughs> Utena sees Akio's car up at the school and Toga, like, t- tries to stop her from going to see Akio and then he kisses her and Utena's like, what the fuck? And Toga tells her that Akio is end of the world and they have this conversation about, like, Anthe being, like, an empty puppet. Oh, that- mess me yeah. up. It, uh, it's very upsetting. Uh, Akio shows up in his car with Anthe and makes Anthe get out of the car and like get makes Utena get in the car. Utena tries to order Anthe not to get out of the car, but she doesn't listen. So uh, when Utena asks where they're going, he says the end of the world and confirms that Anthe is his real sister. And uh, this is when Utena realizes that Akio is evil and they're like having this conversation about like, how could you do this to your own sister? And Akio says in one part, Anthe is happy to do it for me. She's told me so time after time. She'd tell you too, if you'd listen, which I really like. I like that revolutionary girl Utena does hold Utena to task for like her inability to understand Anthe as much Mm -hmm. as like everyone else abusing Anthe because like she's not abusing Anthe, but she's also not really treating her right either. She's she's not listening to her either, but it's kind of rich coming from Akio. I'm like, good point, yeah. but yeah. Good I just, point, but like, you also are abusing your sister. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. he's the worst. Like, even when he like makes a point, it's not like it doesn't really matter. Like, he's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. I'm just glad somebody's making Utena think about it. Fair. Legit. But yeah, um, Akio is seeming like he's about to drive through the door of the dueling arena and like crash, but he actually manages to drive through it because nothing is real. Everything's a hologram. And he kisses Utena again, and I hate him. That's written in my notes. It it says, (laughs) he kisses Utena again, I hate him. Uh, yeah. He tells Utena that she and Anthe have to complete a special ritual to open the castle that holds oh eternity. God. This and killed me. I thought that he was saying that they had to bang when I read this. Well, I mean, 
They, they call do. it a consummation ceremony. They say See, it's, a, it's a marriage, and I'm like, Utina, you don't know what consummation means. That's a different part. That's a different thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it, they very much use uh, phallic uh, symbols mm-hmm. during this whole thing. Phallic very, imagery with Akio? Never. Phallic imagery in Utena? That's not a thing. <laughs> Utena ends up walking back to her dorm, and Toga meets her outside in the rain, and she tells Toga that she can't fight End of the World anymore, and she still loves Akio, even though he sucks. So Toga packs his bags and moves away, and is like, I'm, I can't like continue to be here if you're gonna do this. But honestly, no one asked him to be there in the first place. It was so, really yeah. funny, him being there. I appreciated I, it. Togo in the manga is a weird beast. <laughs> he is. Yeah, I really, I actually really like Toga, I think. Because, like, Yeah, in the he's manga, so he's, funny. he's a much better person also. He's still kind of mm-hmm. shit, but he's a much better person in the manga than in the anime. I feel like that's very Great. representative of, like, Saito versus Ikahara. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it is because it's it's a much more mm-hmm. shojo thing to sort of have the yeah. two male protagonists. Well, and, and also like anime Toga just seems like way like so much more of a like manipulative asshole, and I think that's mm-hmm. some of like Ikahara's uh, proclivity for Akio coming through. <laughs> yeah, it's more cynical reading, I think. Yeah, and this it's much more going to the shojo kind of cliches or whatever. And- character archetypes and all that. He's a little bit of a dork in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's very endearing. He's a bit of a dork and he's he's not he's not nearly as yeah manipulative manipulative as you mentioned and he's um just a better person. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Utsuna ends up telling Anthe that she loves Akio and she tells her that he said they have to perform and we talked about this quote a consummation ceremony. Kills me. Um, Utena, get a dictionary. Like Anthe's down. <laughs> uh she just like doesn't even bat an eye. Like she's just down. I, mean, I think maybe yeah. this just maybe it's a tr- like a translation thing. Like maybe they're trying to I say something know. else because like I have no idea because they do talk about it as a marriage, but they use like the word well, marriage and they use the word consummation. I'm like, if those aren't like they use them, yeah, it feels like they well, use them well, interchangeably. They're not yeah. synonyms, but, but in a sort related. of more traditional heterosexual thing, your wedding night you That's are going to consummate. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the progression, yeah. they talk because they talk about is it a progression? It's like you can't be engaged. What's next after being engaged? Consummation. It's like well, the marriage first. No, they then. say marriage. Does your they do say marriage? Because uh, they do yeah. say consummation, but they. No, they say, um, here, I have it. The next about their engagement is marriage. It's only natural. On yeah, page. but then they talk about. Well, then they talk about consummation. But that's um... that's what I yeah yeah because they do they have the progression, but then they refer to the ceremony itself as a consummation ceremony. Yeah, I think that's what I was reading into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I was very that's why I was so confused while they were talking, but like I just sort of like as with all things Utana, you kind of just have to roll with it. Pretty um, much. Yeah. Anthe, exactly. It works. Anthe's down <laughs> for like whatever, basically. Like she just says, Well, if Akio says we're doing it, then we're doing it. I choose to believe that's a front. And she does just love Utena and want to marry her. But that's besides the point. Akio shows up at the school mm-hmm. the next day and they all go to the dueling arena and Anthe cries, which makes me sad. And yeah. Anthe kisses 
Utena, but it's to poison her. And Akio takes the sword of Dios from her. And there's a line in there where Utena talks about feeling as if something was piercing her, which is um, very uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Um, that whole that whole spread those two pages was like uh, yeah ooh, they were they were heavy. It's very stressful yeah. to read. All the student council members see a light over the dueling field, so they're like, "We're gonna go see what's up," because clearly some shit's going down. Um, mm-hmm. Utena wakes up and she sees Akio in his prince uniform, and he uh, alerts her to the fact that she's wearing a bride dress. And uh, he says, the final victor was ever intended to be my bride. So, like, even Toga or Seonji or Mickey? Like, <laughs> like was he going to put one of well, them in a bride I dress? <laughs> he does well, also say that the other ranks, duelers yeah. were just there to try to figure out where Utena was because he knew that she was out there. That's fair. Um, mm-hmm. They were like, the rings were like party favors and they were just kind of bait or like. Whatever. Yeah. I did like that the word usage there that he called them party favors. But like also that just brings a lot of other things into question. So apparently like he just set up this whole thing to get her to come to the school. Like yeah, cuz he needs to get inside. Have you finished reading the manga? Should I start? Not okay. yet, but it's no, I haven't finished reading the manga yet. Basically he needs to get inside I'm to sort of kill the other half. Well. And so and get the power. Oh yeah, so he I- brings he brings that up in uh he brings that up later in this, but we don't really know we don't really technically know it yet because Anthony talks about like him having to go up there and kill Dios to get the power or yeah. whatever, but then it's only at the end of this- the volume, which I'll get to as soon as I, I finish this. Um, it's only at the end that he reveals that aha, you thought it was Akio, but it was me, Dios. Yeah. yeah. I don't apologize for that. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, it was talked about a little bit, but then uh, it's only right there at the end that we find out that Dios is Akio and vice versa. Yeah. But yeah, um, I just like, it's just so like strange. Like, I I know that it's not supposed to make sense, but like just this idea of like, I'm going to set up this whole thing to get this one girl to come to my school so that I can like kill my other half like how did he know to do all this i guess is really my question how did he figure out that this is what i needed to do they're ancient and so i think Mm -hmm. if we sort of take the like in the anime the otori as its own special place that is outside time kind of weirdly (laughs) um Oh no, it definitely is. We oh, we yeah. talked about how uh, Otori exists outside of time. Yeah, it's yeah, and I I think if we sort of take into that and the fact that they talk, I can't remember if it's at the end of volume four or in volume five, they talk about how they're sort of ancient beings. Um, it's mentioned. I, I, I think, think he's there. had a, a while to sort of come up with this plan. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it's only it's been, just, I guess, like it's such a wild plan to have. I don't. I mean, considering that they're fighting duels in a, you know, ups in a uh, underneath the upside down floating castle, I feel the plan is par for the course. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Has to be convoluted. Um, it's on cue. Like, 
Akio forces the sword of Dios to come out of Utena, and I'm very oh. uncomfortable with that. Yep. I don't like it. Um, okay. The castle above the dueling arena starts to spin. Akio says he only gave out the ro- the rose rings to bait Utena, like we just talked yep. about. Um, Utena was, quote, chosen by Dios, and Akio says that Dios is locked away in the castle in a coma, basically. Um, and Anthe is in a floating coffin. We talked about coffins earlier, and I'm sure that we will uh, have more conversation about that once we finish the synopsis portion of the show. And he says that Anthe existed as a scabbard to protect the sword of Dios, uh, yeah. which is, that's some imagery right there. Um, Utena is the Rose Bride now. She takes the sword from Akio and refuses to go to the castle with him. She apologizes to Anthe for not protecting her. And she beats on the coffin until her hands are bleeding. Ouch. She throws away her rose ring. Yeah, it's very stressful and painful to read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she throws out her rose ring and Dios comes down from the castle and he puts the ring on her finger and gives her the power to smash the coffin. Uzun is back in her actual uniform and she apologizes for not understanding Anthe. Anthe says Akio plans to kill Dios and Usna asks Anthe to lead her to the castle in the sky. The castle comes down, and even though Anthe tries to get everybody to stay there, except for Utena, like, everybody's like, no, fuck you, we're going. So everybody goes into the castle, and Utena tells Anthe she looks like a goddess, and a part that was really sweet and made my heart happy and also sad. Yep. Yeah. Um, Same. There's a statue of two dudes about to make out I, I, is what I have written. Yeah, yeah, I, think I, I think, yeah, homoerotic, like, Greek statuary checks out, like, something about that. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, Seonji tries to get Anthe to return with him to the real world, and Anthe puts him in one of the magic coffins and says, the name of this coffin is Assumption. It's his flaw. <laughs> it holds him back. This kind of reminds me of... Like episode thirteen of the anime, mm-hmm. when like it's um, Dios and uh, Akio talking. It's Dios and Akio yeah. talking to each other yeah. about like the different members of the student council and the different duels and whatnot. Yeah, like the, I don't know. If, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the different names like Amitie, uh, Amor, like all the different. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's this section kind of reminds me of that. Um, I just it just. Jury. Yeah, it killed me that Sanji was assumption. I was like, you know what happens when you assume. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a um, there's a part. Um, I forgot to write this down, but I remember it from read from rereading this earlier. There's a part where Utena's like, "This is all my fault," and Seonji's like, "That's right, Tenjo, it is." <laughs> and then everybody else is like, "Shut up, Seonji." <laughs> Mood, yeah. <laughs> So Jury attacks Anthe and calls her a witch, and Anthe puts her in a coffin, and the name of that coffin is Obstinacy. And she basically kind of does the same thing to all of the student council members. Mickey tries to distract her so Utena can save herself to get out, and his coffin is immaturity. Uh, Utena asks Anthe who Dios is to her, and Anthe says Utena reminds her of the Dios she once knew and loved. And my heart, my poor heart. I'm so sad. Yeah, I wrote this is fine uh, a lot in this. <laughs> this fine. is fine. <laughs> this is fine. It's fine. It's this fine. Is fine. Yep. 
My fate was to die from the day I from the day Dios chose to save me from that fate. He has been saddled with the duties and powers of a prince. There was a second young man who loved both Dios and Anthe. Akio, that's what the statue was of. Mm-hmm. Akio could stand it no longer. He overthrew Dios. Dios sealed himself in the castle because Anthe loved Dios. Part of his power came to rest within her along with the sword. Uthna says this sounds like a fairy tale because it is. Yeah. Anthe tells her it's just a myth and that Utena doesn't have to understand. Utena wants to understand because Anthe is her friend and my heart. Yeah. Yeah. The castle starts to crumble and Toga protects her from debris. This may have been, this may have happened because Akio killed Dios. Uh, Utena has to go to the top of the castle. Dios is there and he falls over having been stabbed through the chest and he turns into a ring Akio tells Utena that she was too late and picks up the ring. And then he reveals that Dios was a name he used to be called. And he is her prince, actually. He was her prince from her memory. So that's volume four. Dios is dead. Long live Dios. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, volume four is definitely when things ramp up and it goes from sort of more traditional shoujo to... Mm -hmm. um, Utena. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that might be that might be why I liked this volume a lot too, is because it is like veering more into the Utena weirdness that like we love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and yeah, I I'm as I mentioned, I understand why people who did the anime first wouldn't really care for the manga, but I do feel that sometimes they're overly dismissive of it and in its own mm-hmm. right it's a good work. Yeah. Totally. Um, I definitely agree. And, uh, yeah, and Volume 4 and Volume 5 are, are definitely, like, my favorites. Um, volume 5 probably has some of my favorite just imagery in general uh, mm-hmm. when you get there. Volume 4 at the end has a lot of that great imagery when they finally go up into the castle. And, yeah, the consummation ceremony has always oh. been uncomfortable, and I was always impressed with how uncomfortable it felt. Uh, and you get the same thing in the anime. Uh, it's probably, you know, a mix of writing and art, clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I guess comics and anime are. Uh, or manga and anime, sorry. Um, and yeah, uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena has a profound capacity to make you feel uncomfortable to your very core, and it should. Yeah. No, it I should. mean it was it was very well done. Like I forgot how well done it was. I was like, this is so uncomfortable, but we're still like, it just it was really, I mean, artfully done. Like I don't know how to how to put it, but it was just yeah. like. Whoa, like, the more you look at those, like, that spread is just, like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's literally, like, I mean, Anthe is giving, you know, Utena this flower. Like, there's this kind of literal deflowering going on. Like, it's not, it's not subtle, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's, it's ominous. I hate that I didn't catch that when I read it. I feel like an idiot. That's so obvious. <laughs> I don't know if it's the obvious. deflowering. Yeah. I feel like it yeah. is, like, for this. I mean, it's part for the course for Utena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of. I feel her her sort of more true emotions coming through at the very end of the yes. the ceremony with the crying. Oh, definitely. Um, her eyes are so and, expressive. The way Saito just draws them, like oh, we see her oh, eyes yeah. a lot more than the anime. That was what really struck me because we get a lot of that kind of you know typical anime shiny glasses. Like you you can't see past that facade, but here we we see her vulnerability a lot more through her eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely agree with that. Um. And yes, I do. I'm so in love with Saito's art. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. am. Um, 
Yeah, there's something about the way Anthe is characterized in this version that I really do like as like a uh-huh. contrast to the anime. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked before about how since it's a manga and everything has to be a little bit more ex- like mm-hmm. I say mm-hmm. explicit meaning like visually clear explicit, not yeah. like se- yeah, like yeah. not sexually explicit, but like everything has to be a little more explicit with Anthe's character because we don't have a lot of time to sort of like ruminate on her quietness yeah in the way that the anime does it wouldn't translate no it wouldn't translate at all and but i really like the way that saito has managed to bring through like anthe's vulnerability because i feel like we get that in the anime but it's just sort of in a different way just like as a consequence of the medium Mm -hmm. yeah and I, i think that's always important to keep in mind when looking at sort of um different mediums of and adaptations in general um you know the 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 strengths and weaknesses of each medium and what needs to be accommodated Mm -hmm. um definitely and so expecting even i get that they're also very different in the beginning but expecting sort of a a one-to-one translation between manga and anime for any set of manga and anime isn't going to happen definitely not even with sailor moon um i love sailor moon oh boy you don't know what you just (laughs) you don't know what you've just wandered into sailor moon is actually my very favorite thing in the whole world and if i didn't feel like a sailor moon podcast would be redundant because there are already a couple of those i would have chosen sailor moon to do this podcast about so i chose utana as kind of like i was like what's something that like we could talk a lot about but that uh is sort of similar to Sailor Moon in ways that I like, but also is like very interesting and weird. And I can rope my friend into it who has no <laughs> idea what the series is. Because <laughs> uh, Sam, you you may not know, but when uh, we were doing the episodes of the show, Alice had only seen like what we would watch each week. So mm-hmm. like we got to sort of talk about her evolving opinion of the show, like as oh. we did the podcast. It's pretty. That great. sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Utena is definitely my my favorite of um, just manga and anime in general. Uh, but Sailor Moon is also fantastic. Um, Gosh, I seem to have this weird mix of like I love the more shoujo kind of things, and I read stuff like Oh Yes Me Poon Poon and love it. And I'm like, I don't know how I get these two sort of weird psychological dark thing and like shoujo. I don't know. It's a bad. It's weird and psychological and dark, but in a different way than Goodnight Poon Poon is. I don't know that I have heard of that. Uh, they recently came out in English, like within the past year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had read scanlations of it. It's by Inio Asano. Um, I think that's I think that's his name. Let me double check. Uh, and it's it's a very weird uh, manga about a bird, like a bird person in this like hyper realistic stuff. He also has some of my favorite art in general. Um, and I. Uh, but it is definitely weird and dark and goes into dark places. <laughs> oh, cool. that art is very interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, I'm in love with Inio Asano's art as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I like, uh, because I came so late to my like weeaboo phase, I don't know a lot about like the the standards. I remember reading a couple Ranma one half when I was younger. Um, and I've, I've, I think I read a couple, like, Oh My Goddess, uh, Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. I remember. Everyone watched Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I watched a little bit of Pokemon, because, again, everybody did it, you know. Oh, yeah, Pokemon. I was born yeah. in 1990. There's no way I wasn't going to know about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, 
and, but I didn't because I think I got into it later. I didn't sort of devour everything. I I just kind of uh, was able to pick and choose things that just sounded interesting. And there's a, there's much more variety than I think than I was when I was growing up uh, in terms of what's available. Oh yeah, sure. like uh, access to anime and manga is so much broader now than it was like back when we probably would have been uh, in like middle and high school. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Yeah. Just if it, having, like, Crunchyroll alone is, like, oh, yeah. unfathomable. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, with the, the internet and people's scanlations, which I get yes. are in a weird gray area, but for me, were, that's what I was reading, because mm-hmm. the books were either out of print at that point or hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of in the lull between, I feel, this wider anime exploration and, like, the 20th anniversary of Tendo Get Everything getting re-released. Amazing. And the, the the weeb stuff that people grew up with, you know, the, the Naruto and everything. We support um, scanlations here. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, as a concept. Mm-hmm. Especially when something um, hasn't made it over here to the States yet. Like, yeah. 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 Good night, Poon Poon. Yeah, that was only in the past year or two that they, they got the English translations out. So And I'm, you're supporting the official release, so that's what matters. I def- yeah, I own them all, because mm-hmm. I was actually so close to buying them all in Japanese. Being like, I, don't, I can't read Japanese, but I <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Who cares? That that was me with the Les Miserables manga. I bought like the first volume in Japanese, but luckily they translated them into French, so I could read Oh, that. so you can still read it. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know French, then? I oh, do, cool. yes. It's my thing. Yeah. I am a... I'm monolingual, but I've dabbled in a few languages. Hey, that's so. cool. Um, um, do we want to talk more about the coffins? Because we talked a little bit about that yes. in the beginning, but now that we have specified what happened with the coffins, we can sort of dig more into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you didn't mention, but Akio, not Akio, sorry, Toga doesn't get his own coffin because he's not yes. trying to run. Yes. Um, he doesn't need Which to. I think is also important to the coffin discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because th- I, I like them because there is coffin imagery in the anime, but it's yes. different. And I kind of like the idea of the coffin holding you back with whatever your sort of flaw is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see through it. It's like, you know, the crystal, almost yeah, like the kind of glass coffin, coffin corsage holder. Yeah. Uh, and, um, it, it does parallel nicely, like what you mentioned, with the um, episode 13 discussion mm-hmm. uh, of the different dueling types. Um, and I think if you were to go back and look at the, the previous duels, you would kind of see this this thing. The exception might be Mickey's. Like, his is immaturity, but his duel was to save his twin. Uh, but, but, uh, but I guess the refusing to duel might be I'm trying to think. What was, what was his duel name? Um... Oh, I'm gonna look I, it up. I couldn't tell you. I I would have to um, look it up. Okay, um, what is it? Amiti- uh, what is Mickey? Raison. Okay, just reason. Yeah, but I think his his theme is kind of immaturity a little bit. So that oh, that's sense. definitely it, it his. That's like a through line for like every iteration of his character. Yeah, yeah, that's... he's the youngest, and mm-hmm. except for uh, Suabuki in the in the anime, but in the manga, he's the youngest. Yeah, uh, dueler. Um, well, Suabuki's duel is he's too horny all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but he's also, <laughs> but he's which also- I hate it because like he's he's the youngest and like that's his problem. Yeah, it's uncomfortable but, for you know. everybody. 
Yeah. But that's Utana. Pretty much. Yay. But yeah, back to coffins. Mm-hmm. Coffins, yeah. Um, and I like that they, they are these, you know, crystalline coffins. And it's it's very much not that these people have died, but they are, I guess, sort of spiritually needing to kind of burst out. It's like, it's something holding them back. It's kind of like, yeah. I mean, and it's cool because I was looking up because I knew there was some quote about everybody being in coffins and I couldn't remember who said it. It's Sayanji, apparently, who says it in episode 35, how everybody's trapped in those Yeah, coffins. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Anthony at the very end of the series, you know, tells Akio to stay in his cozy little coffin and continue to play the mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th- and I think also it's sort of that for the flaw to overcome that flaw kind of needs to die. And mm-hmm. maybe that's also ties into the coffin. For sure. Um, thing, you know, if, if that flaw was gone, then they could, they wouldn't have to be there kind of deal. Um, yeah. And it's sort of also like those flaws that like keep them in the dueling system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I really do. I do like it. And, um, gorgeous art. Sorry, I just can't get over Saito's art. I really do. No, really. It. We honestly, like every episode that we've talked about the manga, we do often just stop to be like, God, this art is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many, like, just spreads on, like, within this series that it would, like, make really good posters. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I was looking um, at all these panels being like, I, I want to, like, do something with this. They're just all so pretty. Right? <laughs> so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, uh, what's I going to say? Are you, for the manga, will you be continuing with, like, the, the movie manga and then the, like, new chapters that she did? Oh, yeah, them? absolutely. Uh, oh, we yeah. definitely plan on doing that. I know um, we've already got Abby here set up to, uh, she's going to come talk about the jury Shiori chapter oh, yes. that just recently came out. Oh, sweet, yeah. That was, what a time. Um, the... The uh, what was I gonna say? The the movie manga it does use the toga from this manga characterization more than the the anime movie does. Um, but it is weirder from the start, so you might appreciate it more. <laughs> but it's also only like two volumes. Yeah, so kind of have to be. That. Yeah. Um, I have the uh, the big re-release that they yeah. did recently for the manga. So, like, it came with the movie manga included. And uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about those because I don't know anything about the movie manga other than people keep telling me it's pretty weird. It's weird, but... He- so, but he- I'm excited. It doesn't turn into a car, so that might gauge it for you. Aww. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, that feels very in line yeah. with, like, the differences between, like, w- the way Ikahara and Saito have approached the story. Yeah, and But I, I do love the car. The car. Yeah, when I first saw that, because I knew, I had been told that this happens, and I was, like, at first I was, like, what? Okay. And then, but, like, after, like, the few minutes into the chase scene, I was, like, rooting. I'm, like, yeah, go car. Mm-hmm. And also the Wakaba Jeep, and I'm, like, this raises oh many my- questions for me. I love the Wakaba Jeep. <laughs> it's, like, actually, this is very good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, it's good um but yeah the uh one of the main draws of Atena for me when i was first reading it is that it was uh, a person who identified as a girl but also said she was a prince and was unapologetic about that mm-hmm. and for my i guess like sort of dealings with my own gender and presentation thoughts that was important to me yeah. <laughs> um yeah and so like i said i can't i can't be so dismissive of it because it's sort of like this is 
what I need right now. I need a girl who's unapologetically female, but also unapologetically masculine and is you know, both. I I didn't read this until like literally when we decided to do this for the show. But I do remember as a kid having an experience of like reading a different manga and then seeing this image it like advertising the revolutionary girl utina manga in the back of something else i was reading and like seeing this like girl in like a prince uniform and it says that she's a revolutionary girl and i did want to find out what that was about because like i've always been like much more attracted to like the idea of like feminine androgyny i don't know if that like made any sense at all but like i was just like the idea of like a girl revolutionary prince was like it did very much appeal to me but i did never read it i never ended up picking it up i think i never saw it when i was like at barnes and noble or whatever yeah Yeah. to get my copies uh, i had i ordered them from like eight books Mm -hmm. um in in college and this is the i have the viz translation which is the Mm -hmm. uh right to left kind of thing yeah um and yeah it's trying to think what else i i do sort of um at the end the way i've always interpreted the the end of this volume with the keo going that i was also dios Mm -hmm. i always interpreted that as because he killed dios he became sort of both um which I think ties in later with stuff you see in volume five. Yeah. But that that okay. is my interpretation. Um I could be wrong. I won't lie. I'm not the best at literary analysis. <laughs> I'm a, I feel like it's a valid interpretation. Yeah. There's um, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. 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 I'm a and STEM we don't person, really so. get a we don't get a lot of uh it's not as though the series is very insistent on like explaining what things mean when they happen so like there are a lot of different ways that you can read certain things and i feel like that's part of the point is like Mm -hmm. that it's not supposed to be just like one there's not supposed to be one answer for things Mm -hmm. for the most part for sure yeah um and the uh with with um this with that one, yeah. At the end, I always uh, uh, interpret that as since he's he's done what he wanted to and killed Dios, they've sort of reunified. Because I th- I think in the fifth volume we talk about sort of the war with himself, mm-hmm. um, which I think ties into that and and the ultimate end. Um, and the ending of the manga is different than the anime. I'll just say right now. That's but, what I've heard. Alice yeah. told me that because she ended up reading the manga before we even finished the anime. Um, but I, I still like both endings. Yeah, um, I just reread the end today, yeah. and I, I really like how they end this one. I also the next volume has one of my favorite like drawings of Anthe like ever. Oh, I still haven't. You read will it yet. see, and yeah, you will know. You will know when you see it. I will. I yeah. will. It also, yeah, it has um, also like one of my my favorite, yeah, Anthe and Utena mm-hmm. just drawings in general yeah. uh, panels. Um. And yeah, everything about this. The um, earlier when we t- we talked about sort of the crying over Atena thing yes. and sort of the vulnerability, because uh, there's a similar scene in the anime, I believe. Um, yeah, there is. I don't remember when. when it was, but there is a similar scene, and it's it's interesting because um, she calls her like a doll. But there's a lot of images we talk about. Yeah. Anthony's a puppet, and here she's like a doll. It's like, but but Utena still pities her. 
which makes it different than Akira. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also like in this volume how when Anthony's trying to be like, you don't have to understand it, it's okay. And Attendant's like, no, I want to be your friend. Like, I think that's the the important groundwork to their whole relationship is yeah, well, if- even when Utena wasn't listening, she was still trying to insist that like, this is my friend and this is a person who matters. And this is a yeah. person in general, as opposed to a puppet who is being controlled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Utena, even when she hasn't necessarily been like, there for Anthe in the best way like she's always wanted the best for Anthe because Utena is a precious ray of sunshine and joy that just wants everybody to be happy yeah. yeah she has this quote that you know I called myself your friend but I didn't even try to understand you your pain your love I didn't see it's only 159 and I was like oh mess me up yeah um, yeah she was yeah she was trying and she uh, she failed but i think also that sort of uh it's nice to sort of see that humanity in itana as opposed to having like the perfect exactly. you know idea of a prince she wanted to be a prince and wanted to be perfect but she realizes that she wasn't doing what was proper for just being a human i guess or being a friend um yeah and trying to understand it was trying to rescue anthe as opposed to trying to understand anthe yeah there was there was um, a lot of um self-reflexivity in this one that you don't really see as much in the anime not, not even just from utsuna but from jury and um toga too what was it page I did 148 yeah when like jury is talking about like akio's used us you know he thinks so like low lowly of women and togo's like nah it's because we're we're young and ignorant like which is like whoa you would never hear that from Toga, like in anime, but it's like it's implied. Oh, definitely, it's implied. But here, it's explicitly said. But I love that because it's like, oh, it's not just women; it's everybody. He's he's an equal opportunity asshole, you know. Like you know, it's just spreading the spreading it. <laughs> he does <Yeah>. punish <laughs> the women a little bit more. I would agree with that. I would, yeah, That's he, kind of Toga coming through too. But um, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, it's one of those Toga has a valid point, but also I think Jury's right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> have points, but it's Toga, so he still has to kind of like mansplain a little bit. Yeah, he's still kind of the, the yeah. Playboy. That is what he's doing. It's like, oh yeah, I hear what <laughs> you're is. saying, Jury, but it's all of us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and uh, it is. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Um. Yeah, the the they do sort of reflect more on their own, which I think in the manga is a little easier because it's not quite as focused on Anthony and Utena. Yeah. Um, like the manga, uh, the anime sort of feels like it's from the point of view of Utena mm-hmm. in a way, uh, and how oh, she experiences in the, the experiences the duels in the world of Atori and everything mm-hmm. whereas the manga i think they can kind of break out of that where it starts with utena but then it kind of becomes more ensemble by the end and then we go back to just utena and anthe and dios yeah and we Kiyo. definitely get a lot more from anthe um, too i would say than in the anime yeah 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 uh and yeah, anthe is much more prominent in the manga and she's my favorite in the manga and i love her and I'm so uh, yeah. I just she's the best, um, and Saito draws her so well. She does. Uh, um, do you want to talk maybe a little bit about like what it is about manga Anthe that you like so much? I know that we've sort of covered some of it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I like the vulnerability. I sort of like how she does 
speak a little more, but mostly only, basically only to Atena. Yeah. And even yeah. then, she can't always say what she wants, so you have the scene, like, her crying over Atena because she can't explain what she wants to explain. Oh, you uh, have the scene of her Atena. crying, and then, like, immediately the next time we see her is the next morning, and she's like, I'm fine, everything's fine, how are you, Miss Utena? Uh-huh. Yeah, everything's great, we're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, the sort of at night, she can kind of almost let her feelings overwhelm her but during the day uh she can't mm-hmm. um kind of thing uh which i think you also see in the the anime as well that kind of day night split almost Especially with her hair um, being like when her hair is up when her hair is down yeah oh, her definitely. Up hair down. um and the uh the almost like she and again she doesn't always she can't always say what she wants to say and i think part of that is because she doesn't think utena is necessarily there for her as a friend um but she also recognizes that utena is trying i think and that she wants to be but she also feel uh Anthe, sorry it's being pronounced confused anthe also feels that um she doesn't want to drag utena in this but she also is yeah. uh complicit um and it's it's a sort of interesting kind of thing where i feel like um anthe in the show is not necessarily more passive but not active in the same way as in the manga if that makes sense she has more overt agency in the manga to be sure yeah and i still love anthe in the anime um don't get me wrong i think people who call her boring are wrong because they just don't because they are she's a lot harder to pin down (laughs) in the in the anime i think yeah she's harder to pin down and she's much more um what's the word i'm trying to find um not esoteric, but maybe esoteric. Uh, secretive. Enigmatic? In enigmatic, thank you. Thank you. Enigmatic is the word that I That is want. my favorite word to describe Anthe as enigmatic. She is an enigma. It's, well, she, mm-hmm. is, she is an enigma. Um, and the... Yeah, in the, in the manga, she does have a little more agency, and she is sort of more complicit in a way, but I think it adds a layer to her character of sort of being the sheath quote unquote and also uh, being a person who was full of love um and is full of love in a certain way and that's sort of what drives her character uh mm-hmm. to me at least yeah definitely i mean like um, it's her love of it's her love for her brother that like has her doing all of this like yeah her brother who she yeah, saved her, her saved her life so there's also yeah. that kind of rescue story going on it's very shoujo too like i was like you still have to have it that, is, that kind of rescue idea. It is very shoujo, but I think that she sort of breaks it down, but that Saito breaks it down by the end enough that it it's interesting still. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's it's one of well, those like, it's sort of about like subverting that idea in like normal shoujo. Yeah. Um and from, from what I remember of Magnolia Waltz, Waltz the uh, heroine of that one also sort of subverts the rescue idea from like the two men who are trying to rescue her and she's like i don't really need this <laughs> um <laughs> kind of thing so i think it's it's more present in, in other saito works to, at least to my memory um so that's i think that's interesting and it's one of those like even if you're if you're a big fan of the anime i would still recommend reading the manga that's and right. treating it as a story in its own right and seeing what is you know uh what saito can do um and i'm not saying you have to like it because i can't force people to like things Uh, (laughs) um but i think 
even just knowing what she does is still important and you can sort of uh, look at that and look at the anime and sort of see the connections and see where each sort of author uh, or head of production or whatever uh, does their own thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think, okay, so I think I figured out my feelings about the manga because before, like I mentioned before, I was kind of dismissive of the manga and I feel like I don't know for certain, but I may have at some point said you don't have to read the manga. And I think I'm going to step back on that. I'm going to admit that I was wrong. I know that I felt that way at the time, but like, I don't remember if I said it, um, but if I did, I'm going to take that back and admit that I was wrong. And I think that part of it is that like, I think that what we're getting into right here, like starting with this volume is like the bread and butter of the manga. And I think that like all, all of the stuff that I may not have liked before was sort of just to set up everything that's about to happen. And I feel like maybe if like, and I feel like also, um, this was also, we talked about this in the, uh, the empty movement episode that I referenced earlier. Uh, we talked about how like Saito had a little more, um, when it came to what she was doing, she had more pressure from like her publishers to do something that was a little more traditionally shoujo and that's, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like that was who her audience was and they needed to sell to that audience. Whereas Ikahara had a lot more freedom with his ability to do the anime. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if like there was I feel like if Saito had done had been able to do the manga like I I don't want to say now, but like had been able to do it like later down the line, I feel like there would have been a lot of changes to certain choices that were made in the leading up to this part of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, this, this volume is definitely where it it does veer into the weirdness. And um, instead of like in the anime, you have the, the whole suite of car duels. Whereas in this one, you still have the car as symbol, Mm -hmm. um, but it is sort of a symbol to manipulate Utena. And I, I always, thought it was just so Akio is so terrible uh he talks like the way he gets her to sort of agree to this whole consummation marriage whatever ceremony is basically by um think making her think she's going to die and just sort of preying on her in her in her fear uh after the the not really a car crash it's horrible Um, yeah i don't remember he got he's just that whole like abusive kind of turn where it's like oh but i need you and i love you and i'm like shut up Akio, like yeah. Right? <laughs> it's very manipulative in a, in a different way. We get to see it a different way in the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's still manipulative, and he's and he's it's just in a different way. And that one of those things that always stuck out to me was the sort of the car ride and how afterwards, where she's kind of panicky because it looked like she was going to crash, is when he preys on her the yeah, most. Sure. Um, which I that always stuck out with me at least. Um. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's really interesting, especially talking about the cars, because the car is such an integral part of the anime. I think in the movie, especially um, this kind of idea that it represents yeah. masculine power and adulthood. Um, but in this, they definitely take yeah. definitely they take more of like a mythic turn with it in kind of focusing more on this idea of lucifer and there's a lot of reference to like the heavens and the sky and flight there's this idea that he is this kind of fallen angel quote-unquote figure but i thought it was really interesting his kind of selective retelling of the lucifer story um i really yeah. like the I, and 
by like, I mean, I really hate um, the <laughs> the image in one panel of like him as the devil. I know, <laughs> like, like the horns and the yeah. snake and everything. Like it's so like it's so Akio. Like I just like I'm just yeah. while I was reading it, I was just sitting here laughing, going, "I hate him." Like I mean, I t- <laughs> he's, he's the worst. The worst and- he's so much. He just, he's just so, yeah, it's really, it was really edgelord. And I was just like, Akio, what are you doing? But I mean, I love, I mean, I say I love Satan. I love Satan's character in parts of Paradise Lost. And so that's kind of what I was thinking of going on. And the whole thing with with Satan, with Lucifer, is this idea that he rebels against God. Like he's upset against God. And so he rebels and he fights and there's like a revolution. Ha! But Akio completely... you know, omits that part and he's like he chose the path of evil chose the path of the devil and was cast down so this idea that oh i don't know i thought it was really interesting like how he well because he's not talking about the devil he's talking about himself exactly in this yeah. moment like he's not he is cre- he is trying to use the story of the devil to like act as though like they are the same story and he's just sort mm-hmm. of like doing that same thing but yeah no like he omits like a huge facet of that story yeah. in trying to fit it to his own to his own story because then he would have to admit that like things need to change in a way that like isn't necessarily to his benefit mm-hmm. pretty much um and in that that same panel uh within that page you also have uh utena as venus yes. Uh, very Art Nouveau style. Mm-hmm. And it, it is interesting how he talks about how the, the morning star is both Lucifer and Venus. Uh, and sort duality. of you can see Akio and Atena as sort of the duality there of trying to rescue Anthony, but in different ways kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, where Dios is the one who sort of saved her by making her this thing. And Utena is sort of trying to break her out of the cycle. Yeah, Utena, or um, uh, not Utena, but like Akio is obsessed with duality. It's like the entirety of his thing is like, yeah. yep, yep. That's like so much of what he talks, so much of what he talks about, and so much of what his plot like focuses on has to do with duality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, this, the, the dual nature of man or whatever, mm-hmm. which <laughs> um, comes to a head at the and- end when he kills off dios who may or may not just be his better half yeah yeah um talking about rebellion against yeah, it's up for interpretation yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah and the floating prince in the sky and everything mm-hmm. um and sort of either either killing off or reuniting by killing off depending on your interpretation yeah. with dios mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's it is very interesting and i i do like um that aspect of him in a weird way but i also like looking at dualities that might just be a biased thing no it's <laughs> um, really interesting i mean i love i love mythology i love that kind of stuff so i really like the kind of mythic tone oh. that they took with with this imagery like especially thinking about because the anime definitely takes more that kind of fairy tale route because we have the whole you know story of you know witches and princesses um and princes uh, but here it's definitely more like that these kind of heavenly beings there's a more focus on the heavens and angels and all this yeah the, yeah, the, the castle in the sky is a heavenly mm-hmm. place and everything um and i i also love mythology of various yeah. kinds and so seeing i like the mythic turn i love I, I like the fairy tale turn that mm-hmm. the anime takes and i think it works really well but i also like the mythic turn of yeah the manga, it's great it's different and i think they do 
complement each other. Agreed. They definitely um, complement each other. It, it's, it gives it a gravitas, I think, that it's not like the fairy tale one lacks it, but when it's something mythic, it just it, it says that's ingrained in this society in a way that's slightly different than a fairy well, tale. Like, the fairy uh, yeah, tale la- larger than life the fairy tale kind of aspect of the anime sort of like feels kind of childish because fairy tales mm-hmm. are sort of inherently childish but like it's about growing up yeah, yeah. but like the yeah. the manga version of the story does feel much more like grand mm-hmm. yeah um and i th- i think both work for the particular Definitely. story um and because I think the the anime does sort of focus more on the childhood aspect mm-hmm. in a way, um, and so the fairy tale would make more mm-hmm. sense to that. Whereas I, because uh, I mean, even the, from the very beginning of the anime, where you start with the shadow puppets uh, going, yeah. You know, Once upon a time, there was this, um, and the the manga is more mythic and saying like, yeah, this is this giant mythic battle that you have only witnessed a glimpse of, and you're after all this stuff has happened. Yeah, and there's all um, these, yeah. And so it feels more grand. Even like yeah. the consummation, like this ceremony, like that was like the one part I think I got that kind of hint of that kind of this idea. Utena is like, why am I so nervous about this consummation ceremony? Like, I'm gonna meet my prince after this. You know, why am I shaking? And it is that kind of fear of like something kind of. That's a that's a moment where I was like, I see that adulthood kind of connection, like growing up. But it is, yeah, it's done in this mythic scale. It's a ceremony. It's grandiose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the outfits, yes, um, which uh, they they do yeah. sort of had the outfits in. I in like the anime. them better um, here. They but, meant more, I think. Yeah, the, the whole like I'm I'm wearing Anthe's dress. This is the rosebud dress. This is the wrong outfit. Yeah, for me. like um, and whereas yeah. in the anime, Utsuna doesn't. I don't remember. She, I I don't think she really comments on the dress itself. It's about and at that point, it's just yeah. at the end is about what it represents that she's just a princess and it it works. But for yeah. this, I mean, like there's the whole part with Akio. I love it when he tells Anthe to get out of the car and he literally tells her switch places with Utsuna for me. And I'm like, yep. what great foreshadowing. That's literally what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love that. And I also um, this is sort of a minor point that isn't really about the mythic thing. Oh, we can talk about but, whatever. Uh, with uh, with Toga, um, sort of at, at the very end before like Utena goes to the do this consummation ceremony, and like it's in the rain, and Toga actually goes like, yes. "If you're gonna be this stupid, I can't." That help rain you, scene and turns is away. So good. That one panel with it's her like really cl- grasping onto him, um, like I'm so like yeah. oh, so good. Yeah, and um, it's it's definitely very different from his anime counterpart, but uh, uh, that's one of those moments also that stuck 100%. with me is is him basically being like I can't see. He from just yourself. seems like he actually like anime Toga cares about Utena, but like he cares about her in the way like kind of that Akio cares about Utena. He kind of just, like, Mm -hmm. wants her. He's not as malicious as Akio, but, like, he doesn't really understand her. He just kind of wants her for, like, this idea that he has of her Mm -hmm. that she represents. Whereas in, like, the manga, it actually feels like he genuinely cares about her, like, even though he's still a little bit sleazy, like, it it feels like he Uh actually has empathy for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he is sort of he's also sort of in his prince role of trying to help her. I mean, he does impersonate yeah. her prince, which is in both mm-hmm. manga and mm-hmm. anime. Um, but for um, in this one, it feels like he does kind he does impersonate her 
uh, her prince to get something, but after that kind of backfires or whatever, um, he he does actually want to be her friend, and he is trying to still rescue her, but in a different way. Um, and so I think it's sort of important that his rescue also yeah. fails because that's kind of the point yeah. of the manga and also the anime is that you can't rescue people who don't want to be yeah saved, definitely kind of thing yeah yeah and uh so him it just abandoned not well that's sort of abandoning her in the rain but being like i can't save you from yourself but it's sort of meaner uh being like if you're gonna be an idiot fine i'm leaving <laughs> well i think that I that's also very important like to show this idea that like sometimes you can't like sometimes you have to step away yeah a lot of there there are a lot of stories that don't emphasize that and try to like push this ideal of like no like if you like if you need to save somebody you need to do literally anything you can but like sometimes there's not like sometimes there's nothing you can do and you have to sort of let things play out because if you keep participating then you're just going to like get both of you hurt pretty much yeah, yeah. but I, it's one of those where like i'm i'm torn on liking manga toga because he is still kind of a jerk and in the <laughs> anime he's like a keel light in yeah some ways. definitely um, whereas in the manga he is he's very much more like kind of a jerk and kind of a you know a manly man he like feels a more playboy, human whatever yeah but he does feel more that's human. what i really got from this they uh, feel a lot more humanized and toga especially yeah he just he definitely still needs to take a consent class and learn what that is but i think every <laughs> male character in shoujo manga always needs to do that that's kind of par for the course <laughs> but but no, yeah, he's so he feels uh, more like I mean he's still I mean they're because I they're high school. He feels he sort still of like, feels a, like yeah, less less kind of like absurd. I'm not absurd, but I mean he is kind of absurd. Archetypical, yeah, yeah, over like the a, top like in the trope. yeah in the anime, like you know, he has all of his uh, dialogues and all that monologues. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the manga I think does sort of play up that they are all kind of uh, young people yeah. caught in this you know machinations. Of Whereas the the anime is more, um, uh, they sort of represent things and stuff in sort of a fairy tale way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to look at like indexing fairy tales or something, yeah, they're playing with uh, those archetypes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I th- I think that kind of helps with the manga. That kind of helps with the mythic quality of they are just sort of average people or slightly above average, I guess, because they're all like in the student council mm-hmm. and stuff. People trying to. Uh, you know, win this thing and they all fail basically because that was the point was never to win yep. <laughs> yeah like they think they know what's going on because like they think that by virtue of being in the student council and having some like privileged information like they think that they're in the loop and then they find out that that's not the case and that yeah they never knew what was going on in which the is sort place. of <laughs> like how that's sort of like what growing up is yeah Yep. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think that's all I really had to say about this volume and everything. And um, I hope you like the end of the mm-hmm. manga. Uh, I think you probably will, so. uh, based on this conversation. I'm fairly excited for it. Um, I'm excited to see, like, because this because I get to experience an Utsuna like story without knowing where it's going, and that's mm-hmm. not something that I got to do. Uh, that I only got to do the first time I watched the anime, and even the first time I watched the anime, I didn't watch it as closely as we did, like doing this podcast. So, like, I'm really just excited to 
figure out where it goes because all I know is that it's very different. Yeah, it is very different. Um, And the anime, and I think also the manga, both benefit from multiple reviewings and readings. There are all these symbols that you can deal with and examine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. um, But yeah, for this volume, I think that's all I really have to say. And I'm glad you've lessened your stance on the manga because it always makes me sad. And people are like, you don't have to read it. I'm like, but you should. Well, I would. I <laughs> I made a rush judgment without having consumed the whole of the work, and that was a failing on my part, which I'm I'm fine to admit that. I can. I'm very willing to admit that I was wrong on that. Abby, I know you. You did. I feel like you took a lot of notes, probably because of who you are <laughs> as a person. Um, did, did you have anything else that you wanted to like bring up? Yeah, I mean, I think I talked about loose for a lot. One thing. Okay, I was kind of interested in talking about just because I saw this one panel and it got me thinking. <laughs> like, is <laughs> okay. It's fine. Which I don't know what page this is. It's just this the the teacher in me. I don't know page sixty five. Yeah. So this would. What about Choo Choo? Because, I mean, we talked about besides his ambiguous character design, like, what is he? But I think in the anime as well, we get this idea with Choo Choo. We kind of see him doing these little things, and they're really funny, and they're kind of quirky. And there's there's something there. Like, I haven't – I need to rewatch – when I rewatch the anime again, I want to pay more attention to it to see, like, what I can garner from what he does. But, like, in this, for instance, like, when Utna is just, you know, daydreaming about, you know, Hernakio having kissed, like – stop um she's putting all of this sugar in her tea and they're like that and he's like that was six uh sugar cubes are you okay she's like i like yeah. it really sweet and we see choo choo we flip to him and he's like he's pulling all the petals off this flower and i was like he's playing the it looks like he's playing the like um he loves, he loves me, me he loves, loves me, me not. not which apparently doesn't have a name yeah. in english it's a la marguerite in french but apparently we don't have a name for it but i was like that's really interesting like there's all these little things and he seems to kind of like react even more so like he does a little bit in the anime but like you know where's anthe where is he and where is she and he's just like eh, like kind of like overreacting to all these things like he can't say anything but i don't know i thought choo-choo especially because we get more he gets his own little panels like he gets more explicit visual space yeah like, what about Choo Choo? Yeah, Choo Choo. Uh, I'm. I think I. I've said I like his anime design better. Uh, but yeah, me too. Oh, I actually like his, his manga design better. I like the little floofy I've, tail. I've and how grown he's, attached like, to uh, to fluffy Choo Choo because he is very fluffy. Um, but yeah, like I feel like there is a lot of opportunity with like. I don't know, in contrast to the anime to just sort of have Choo Choo doing like a simple action and have that sort of like connected to what's going on, but in like a subtle way. And I think that like yeah. that's really great. And it's a very good use of Choo Choo as a character because I feel like Choo Choo can be just as enigmatic as Anthe a lot of the time. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from this. Like, I'm getting more yeah. of a feel for him, which I, I know he does things in the anime, and they actually do give him a fair amount of time, but it's just more obvious because of the medium. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the in comics and manga and stuff, um, how you use panels is, is very much very important. Uh, sort of the, the space you give, the real estate you give to various characters and whatnot. Um 
and close-ups and everything uh, is very important. Um, in in addition to being a fan of the Utena manga, I'm a fan of just comics as yeah. a whole. Uh, I like studying comics as an art Good. form, which again might bias me to the manga of being like, I can look yeah. at this and analyze it and everything. Um, and it's, it's a very well put together uh layouts very clear layouts and very good use of space that i like a lot um which again it, as a con- even if the plot doesn't isn't the best and or isn't as interesting in the first few mm-hmm. volumes um i think seeing her use of space and use of mm-hmm. panels and everything is, is oh yeah absolutely even, um, just worth reading um yeah no rereading and- it it was just there's so much i saw that i just kind of breeze past because i was just reading it more for the plot the first time yeah Uh, which i think happens with comics in general is you read for the plot and then you go back and you start looking at um how how they do Mm -hmm. something um and uh when she uses her sort of like double page spreads and everything is always she always has the right moment and And it's always Um, perfect she's just yeah she's a very skilled mangaka i think um and so even if the manga doesn't necessarily appeal to you i think from an artistic standpoint uh, it's worth seeing how she uses yeah, the definitely. space. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my last thoughts on the manga. Um, and again, I am a huge fan of the anime. Don't get me wrong. I just also, the manga is important to me and I really like it. Yeah, um, and like, I feel like I agree that a lot of people are more willing to write off the manga. And that probably has to do with like, they probably read the manga once and like just sort of we're like okay well that happened and i feel like more people would realize like some of the ingenuity of the manga if they did a second read and that's not to say that like anybody who doesn't like it just hasn't read it enough or whatever like it's if you don't like it it's fine like no worries anybody can like or not like whatever but like i feel like there is a tendency to just sort of like if you read it once and you're like "Eh, i don't think i really liked that you're not gonna unlike with the anime that like people sort of tend to just love like they're not necessarily gonna go back and like pour over it as like heavily as maybe they would the anime yeah yeah um which i do think is a a small shame but again if they don't like it i'm not gonna force (laughs) you to do anything uh we're not gonna put you in manga jail um, because you didn't like the manga manga (laughs) you're not a real fan (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) yeah i I think it's also important to recognize just where the concept is coming from because i think i mean this is the same I would say in almost any adaptation, but I think especially here because I mean Saito was you know they're, they're using this this base same basic concept, but her and Ikuhara just took different routes with these characters. So if you approach it like that, they're taking two different routes. Like it's double the Utana. Like it's a win win. It's just going to be different. Like yeah. if you come in expecting this to be exactly like the anime, like one, why would you want that? You've already watched the anime, and two, like just like what you what you have. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to. It's not, that's not, not what, what it's is. trying to be. Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be trying to be that. That both because they're different genres and they're literally telling different stories. Yeah, and and yeah, the other different authors using yeah, yeah. the same initial base mm-hmm. of characters. Um, and yeah, I, as you said with adaptations, I think it's just important to keep in mind how you can have a, sort of a, a good in its own right adaptation that maybe doesn't resemble what it's adapting yep. as well. Hundred percent. Um, and that that's possible, I think. And yeah, I think sometimes separating the the sort of personal feelings of like this i want this to be this but 
it's not that and you then you might not like it um but recognizing maybe the artistic merit anyway is useful yeah uh, yeah i feel like yeah. you can say that about like so, yeah. not just like the manga versus the the anime but also like the anime versus like the movie yep yeah um I could definitely see being weirded out by the movie, even though the anime itself is weird. Because <laughs> um, really it is, it's yeah, very, it's different. very different. It's a very different thing. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very different. And it's, it's, it also applies across uh, genres uh, and um, mediums. So, like, if you have your favorite book and they make a movie out of it, you know, uh, the movie can be good, but not include every little detail from the book it's, because it's, it's you weird. can't. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, people. I- I every yeah. time somebody says the book was better, I just want to give them a crash course in adaptation theory, and I'm like, please stop. Like, I understand where you're coming from, but like, just let people like things. You don't. Ha- they're different. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's okay if you don't like it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's that's definitely how I feel about sort of the the reactions mm-hmm. to the manga. Um, is is uh. It's not meant to be yeah. the anime. <laughs> it's just meant to use the characters. Yeah, it's just all different. Uh, and and like and I just feel like it's so it like works on such a level that it makes it really interesting to like be able to compare the different versions of each character as they like exist in like the manga versus the movie versus the uh anime versus the movie manga like it just it provides such yeah. a rich opportunity to see the different ways that each of these characters which do have like they like all the characters have like a consistent like through line for their character for the most part like everybody has like certain things that they like want or are like going for or like certain facets of their personality that endure from each version to version but like just the difference in the way that like i mean you know how we were talking about like the difference between manga toga and anime toga like if if they were the same character you wouldn't get to have that conversation about the ways in which they're similar and different and so i think that that's something that just makes the manga so much cooler is that you get to have like so many different versions of these characters yeah and uh, like like abby said you know it's it's double the antenna so is there really a problem (laughs) yeah that's that's my feelings and i'm pro manga but also pro the show because the pro Utena in yeah. general um, yep i am pro Utena in general uh yeah i got my you know my big copies of the the re-release of the manga and i have you know my fancy dvd sets and they can live oh, in i harmony. can't wait until that new blu-ray <laughs> oh, is finally I, out i was just thinking i can't wait oh yeah god knows when that will be but it'll be worth it soon yeah yeah um if you would like to follow us on twitter you can do that at Utenacast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at mpandanata. Abby, where can they follow you on Twitter? They can follow me at at Abby Say Swords or Says Words, A B B Y Say Swords. I'm just embracing it. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Sam, if you so desire, where could people uh, find you on the internet? I'm T H E S E M on Twitter, Tumblr, and Mastodon Social. I have a very basic username. Uh, so yeah, the sim, T-H-E-S-E-M. Um, hit me up if you have any questions or want to yell at me about why I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> That's what Twitter <laughs> is for. Yay, internet. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, that I, th- I think that's it. Sorry. No, no, no that's okay. Continue. We are a Patreon supported podcast. So if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon, which you can find the link to and basically any of our social media. We have uh, the aforementioned Twitter. We have a Tumblr that I haven't been using recently because we've been on hiatus. Uh, we have you can email us if you want to come on the show or you just want to like talk about Utena stuff. You can either like DM us on Twitter or you can email us at imagineandutena at gmail.com. And I think that that does us for this week, guys. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See ya. Revolutionize the world. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm.